video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the latest Pure Dead Gaming podcast episode. Jess and Craig here this week. We were sort of thinking it was going to be a quiet week, not much happening. Uh, we're and Andy down this week, but no, there's indeed lots to get through. E3 is dead. The Game Awards has had a bit of backlash day before debacle. We'll go through all that. There's a couple of games releasing, literally just a couple. Um, so we'll go through them as well and share what we've played too. So, you know. The usual. <laughs> but it's not usual for December. Usually, I don't know, when we've been doing this a long time now, and usually around December you're like, right, let's get some special episodes fitted in, we'll get an awards episode, we'll get a Game of the Year episode, which we will still do, they're yeah. coming up. But usually in the like week or two leading up to that, you're like, what, what the fuck are we going to talk about? We need to fill this in. <laughs> and this week, it's just mad. Yeah. And yeah, this at this time of year as well, I suppose people like to reflect on their past year. It kind of gets to that point late in the year, you know, and you take a little look back. Um, PlayStation wrap-up and Xbox year and review are now live if you've yet to check them out. I'll pop, pop links to them in the description notes if you want to check yours out as well. Um, I should also give a thanks to the people who tagged us in spot, on their Spotify wrapped. Yeah, um, that was nice. There was a few people where we were the you know most listened to podcasts, so you listened well. I think because Couchy was going back through the archives, he had like some mad yeah, amount of hours. Lots of minutes. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time in his ear hole <laughs> this year. Well, just good just good job. It's just yeah. ear hole. Yep. And he's welcome for that eargasm. Yep. Yep. Um, have you checked out your Xbox and PlayStation apps? Yeah. Uh, just before we started, actually, I had a look. So I was going to try and sort of compare it to last year, but that was going to take time that I didn't have hmm. so I remember it being it's we've been doing this for a couple of years now like PlayStation specifically I think Xbox has only just started doing it maybe like this year or last year uh, and I feel like I always end up round about the sort of 1100 1200 range like quite consistently bizarrely <laughs> Uh, and so uh, so it would be again it, it says on PlayStation 1138 hours but that is actually a little bit high because it also gives you your top 5 and my most played was Cyberpunk it was like 112 hours or something like that which is absolutely accurate um, but it had me down for Final Fantasy 16 at number two, and it said I played 80 hours of it. I absolutely did not. I played about 25 hours of it, but I vividly remember those. So Final Fantasy was in second, in third place was Dead Island, and in fourth was Assassin's Creed Mirage. And those three games specifically, I remember trying to play them at times when I clearly didn't have time to play games and I would put it on in the morning 
and then I'd be like, right, I'm going to get a game of that, and then the whole day would get away from me. And so those three games specifically, those timings are not right. Like, I did put 40 hours into Mirage, but it says 60. Mm. And I did put, I would guess, about 30-ish into Dead Island 2, but it says 60. And, like I say, I think I put about 25 into Final Fantasy, but it says 80. Yeah, so it's not accurate is what you're saying. (laughs) Well, it's accurate, I would say, for almost all the rest of them, but there was specific instances where I tried to play those three games when I just... It was. I knew it wasn't happening, but I was trying anyway. Yeah. Um, which is annoying when then they appear as your top three because I would like to see my legit top three. Like I'm at fifty hours in Liza P, so I'm pretty sure that would have made my top five. But also, how long have you had that on pause at times? Well, you can't. I mean, don't we know there is? Aye, like, but you're just like your the, guys the, just standing there holding. There is, there is like 20, not aye, There's like 20, 25 minutes at a time where I have maybe had to hide in a corner, but you can't even pause that game. Yeah. So that's those stats are pretty accurate. Okay. Um, I'm I'm at a bit of a disadvantage in that I don't I mean I do have an account on both the Xbox and the PlayStation but because you don't use my PlayStation account though it's got you down as like 130 hours on on my Xbox but like but you don't you use your own PlayStation account yeah for the most part to be fair I think I do um but it's got you down as like 100 and what was it 100 and 14 hours or something like yeah, that on so Dreamlight on, Valley. So on Xbox, because they've yet to bring out this family plan, um, you pay for Game Pass on your account and our son pays for it on his account. But I, you know, there's no point in us buying a third Game Pass subscription. Yeah. So I don't have Game Pass on my account. So whenever I'm playing something on Game Pass, I'll either play it on yours or Nathan's, depending on. Yeah. Um. So I don't, you know, my stats are largely inaccurate because it's all set under other people <laughs> yeah uh, which is a bit frustrating but yeah 127 hours of dream because you've got dream the, game, Valley you, you've got the game sir locked to nathan's account don't you yeah aye, aye. yeah yeah the good old game sir yeah i mean see the thing is like i, I do wonder how accurate these stats are anyway like i don't know they always seem a little bit off like if I if I drill down on it a little bit further, like I've got it down as yeah, it says nine percent of my annual playtime was Cyberpunk. It says I played a hundred and twenty one games on PlayStation, starting with Lego Jurassic World on January first. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I actually even remember that? I think because I was like it was just New Year's Day and I was off, and I think I just watched the film and I was like, oh, the game was great. <laughs> I just stuck it on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Xbox, we are 704 hours, um, and it was 127 hours you played Dreamlight Valley, mm. Yes, which is a lot. It still says you're only 27% completion, which is just shows how monstrous that game is. Mm-hmm. They certainly have the free-to-play model down. It's not free-to-play, Craig, anymore. Well, it still is sort of on Xbox. You get it through Game Pass. Yeah, I still need to purchase the expansion. Maybe you could buy me that for my Christmas, Craig. It's not a bad shout, actually. I've not thought of anything else. It'd be nice. I don't know. It'd be nice if the rest of them did it as well, because like I don't know. Like I'd like to know my. I mean, I'm sort of guesstimating the amount of hours I've spent on Quest, and you you can check stuff on Steam, but I, I mean, I'd, I'd like a sort of uniform thing where all of these companies do the same thing mm. so that you can check everything mm. like i mean god forbid nintendo 
was able to figure <laughs> something like this out, you know what I mean? Be fucking twenty fifty before they figure it out. Mm. And you have to pay for it. A bit an extra tier. But yeah, it's nice to reflect at this time of year, I think, and just kind of look back and because I forget a lot of the games that were actually in this year. I think, oh, that was so long ago and I didn't realise that actually it was only like me or something like that. I played a certain game, so... Um... Yeah, it's really cool to do it. Like I've, mm. I've said before, I think that's one of the sort of underrated things about like trophies and achievements. You can go back through and it timestamps every single time you get one of those trophies or achievements and you can look back and go, ah, oh, that was the day when I completely finished that game mm. or... Like and you can you can basically just backdate it to the beginning of this year and you can see everything that you've played for the whole year. I wonder if that's ever been used in like a court law where you're like trying to get like, an, you like an, a al- murder. an alibi. You're like, no, look, there's my trophy for that game that I was playing on this day at that time. I mean, you'd have to be able to prove that it was you that got it, though, is the thing. But yeah. I did not murder my wife. I was a fucking pizza and I was jumping up and down 500 times for a platinum, Your Honour. I think you'll find. Yeah. Slam dunk. How, how do we know that was you, Mr Donnelly? Because nobody else bought the game. <laughs> okay, so this time of year's not really a time that many games get released, uh, but there are a few this week. Um, yes we'll just mention so this bed we made um, is a third person neo-noir mystery created by Canadian indie studio Low Birth Games so it's coming to Xbox on the 13th uh, and PC as well sorry I believe it is already out on PS5 uh, which released like 1st of November I think it was and it's sitting with an 80 on Metacritic for PlayStation so not bad Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so it's set during the 1950s and you play as a hotel chambermaid, Sophie, in a rich narrative filled with exploration puzzles and hidden secrets to uncover. So there's also like, it says emotional choices to make, which will influence the direction the story takes. So I'd never heard of this game. I didn't, like obviously completely missed it when it came to PlayStation. It looks cool. It does look very doubly rather than triply, but I like the idea of it, and I like these sort of detective like mystery games. I I think it looks pretty cool. I was I didn't actually until you said it. I didn't realize it was out on PlayStation, and so to hear it's got like an eighty on Metacritic, that's pretty good. Yeah, a lot better than some of the bigger games I've got this year. Um, I'd be interested to check it out. I think it, it looks pretty interesting. It's got multiple endings as well, as I say, because I think you're making these choices. So, cool. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Aztec Tiki Talisman, which comes out December 14th on PlayStation Switch, Xbox, and PC. So, it's quite a vibrant 3D platformer, which promises a unique and action packed experience that will transport you to a world brimming with mystery and danger. I feel like when I've looked at this game, the cover art really upsets me. Oh, I've not seen the cover art. Why yeah, does that upset you? I don't know. It just looks shit. But then right. when you look at the actual gameplay, I'm like, oh, that's not what I got from your shitty cover art. See, that's an issue then because <laughs> cover art can yeah. turn people away from a game straight away. Yeah. But it I, is more important than people think. Aesthetically, the colours and stuff reminded me a little bit of Tunic. Yeah. 
but it's a different kind of puzzle and Aye. game. It, it reminded me of a game called Rise of the Fox Hero, which I played. It's, I mean, it's sort of in that middle bit between a shitty platinum and a fully fledged <laughs> game. Probably takes about two hours to complete platformer, and it's really fun actually. Mm. It's made by like one guy, but it, but it looks very similar. Really nice art style, and like when I looked at it, I was like, "This must be made by the same people," but it's not. I think it's just you. They've used the same sort of architecture to make mm. it. There must be like I don't know, I don't know some sort of like certain build of unity that's like here's a template yeah, because it's maybe. very much the same sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it makes me want to try it out. I just hope I don't know when you look at it. Like I like these wee three D platformers. I just I couldn't really tell from it if it's one of these brick hard ones yeah that's just going to be frustrating as fuck like rise of the fox hero was just the right level of difficult and fun they nailed it pretty well and i don't know if this is the same yeah because you you want that little bit of like addictive gameplay where you're like oh yes more 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 yeah um but, but you don't like just be getting could, fucked off a ledge uh, every two seconds there's 50 levels so i don't know yeah it's only it's literally like three or four pound though mm. so looks like it's Worth a, worth a dig. Yeah. Worth a dig. A couple of the Game Pass editions in the next week as well. It's Ten Hearts and Far Cry 6. Um, Pretty good editions. Yeah, Ten Hearts was good fun. Um, I've yet to check out the VR-enabled version of it. Did that come out? Well, there's a demo of it out, so I think you can play like six of however many levels there were. So it's not right. the full release, but it is coming to PSVR 2 um, at some point. That's something like I, I was interested in the game when it first came out, but again, it's one of these ones that like if you were playing it, there was no point in us both covering yeah, the same game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was very interested in it, and then I think it would be a really cool game to play in VR. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be what brings me in. Yeah, because you do have to like pick up objects and move them, and that was one of the things that I probably would give it a little bit of negative. Um, or I think I did actually speak a little bit negatively about in terms of the mechanics. Sometimes it was a bit fiddly to actually do that, but if they mm. could nail it in VR, it would make it so much easier to pick oh, up yeah. something and put it where it's meant to go and twist your blocks around because you had to like change the direction of a block and stuff like that. To yeah, you yeah. would think that'd be like just manipulating it in VR yeah, would be so, so much more natural. Definitely, um, and Far Cry Six as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's more Far Cry. If you don't like Far Cry, you fucking hate it. But yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's a very good Far Cry game mm-hmm. with a very good villain. Good. Oh, also, I didn't mention this, but just a couple of things. So last week there was a Cluedo game Ooh. came to consoles. I think it's like fifteen pound. Don't know if it's any good, but man, I do like me some Cluedo. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit interested in that. Okay. And also, there's a game that came to Switch earlier in the year called Bear and Breakfast. And you, like, run a bed and breakfast, I think. But you have to, like, it's got a little kind of building element to it and sort of management element to it. Um, And I think it got quite a good review. I think it's maybe, like, kind of high 70s or something like that. Pretty good. Uh, that's coming to PlayStation and Xbox, I think, this week. You did super well with your uh, review score predictions last week, so you did. Oh, the Far Cry? 
No. Avatar. <laughs> Avatar base as fuck. Eh? <laughs> um, yeah, overscored that a bit. Mm. To be fair, like, don't get me wrong, there was review scores giving it that high, but I think it was offset by... There's a lot of people that are fucking sick to death of open world games with a thousand things to do on a map and you check them off and when i was looking at reviews don't get me wrong there's people had other issues with it as well uh but i saw a lot of stuff being like i just can't do this anymore and i think a lot of games that sort of do go with that ubisoft formula are going to find similar review scores going forward because there is people now that are just not having it mm. It almost seems like, especially in the sort of reviewing community, it seems like there is a bit of a backlash to that. Um, but seemingly the world itself is absolutely gorgeous. Like, it's supposed to be, when you're, like, actually exploring the world, it's supposed to look yeah, incredible. Yeah, I think that's what we've said. It, do, it does look really nice, but in terms of... Yeah, we, we've had it sitting on the PlayStation for the last week, and I still just haven't got around to it. Hopefully by next week I'll be able to tell you, aye, it does look really good. Yeah, okay. Um, what have you been playing then, if you've not been playing that? Mostly Liza P. Back on the, the Liza P train. I want to get it finished. I was going to ask, have you finished it yet? No. No, but I think I'm maybe... I think I've maybe got like an hour to go. Okay. I mean, well, it's so dependent, right? On how I, good you are. How many times I die, but I'm, I'm near the end. I think I've got two bosses left now. So it'll just depend how much I struggle with them. But um I'll have it done before the, the game of the year recording because it's certainly gonna feature and oh. that it's a fucking belter of a game. Uh, I've spoken about it enough. I d I don't wanna like I don't know, bore anyone with it. But um highly, highly recommend. Um more Assassin's Creed Nexus, still great. I think I'm near the end of that, so hopefully hopefully can give my sort of definitive verdict on that next week. We do have a review live on the website. Mark reviewed it, really enjoyed it. I think he gave it an 8 out of 10. So far, I'd say I'm pretty much in line with that, to be mm. honest. Uh, maybe even slightly higher, maybe an 8.5, but I mean, I haven't finished it yet, so aye, I'll, I'll reserve judgment till then, but really good VR game. Nothing groundbreaking like it is. When you're in it, the world looks really nice, but the character model's not so much and it's it's very much i don't know you put it on and you look around and you're like yeah we're still getting this from vr it looks good but it doesn't look fantastic but it plays really well okay it just still has some of that jank where your arm doesn't quite come back properly and then it starts fucking <laughs> doing the, f the flailing air man <laughs> uh but yeah good stuff i enjoy being an assassin in vr uh, and aside from that, <laughs> eFootball 2024. Oh, yes. Now, last week we did speak in the news about the big update. What was the big update? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. So, interestingly, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago where there was rumours from a guy who had like 13,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, about a, league, a mode called My League coming. And we didn't mock him, but we did sort of question the validity of the man. <laughs> yes. Fair fucks, that is exactly what the league was called. And the mode, sorry, was called, and it did come to the game. Yep. So fair fucking play to him, right? He was right. What I would say is, I've seen quite a bit of positivity about this new mode. 
you're not going to get that here. <laughs> I think if you were someone who plays eFootball 2024, then maybe, but I do not because it's shit. And so I have previously played it a little bit in the past. And so the main mode that was available for is called Dream Team. It's essentially Ultimate Team. You've got to play matches to unlock packs or coins to buy players. It's essentially like a cut a deck building game. Mm-hmm. You get your players and then you play against people online. So I did have a team, a pretty good team. But apparently it's not just you've got players for a certain amount of match. Like in FIFA, you, you get a player and that's it. You've got that player and you can then apply like contracts to them so that you can have them for more games. Mm-hmm. But it seems like in eFootball, when you buy a player, you get them for a certain number of days. Now, I would have bought all these players about two years ago when what they're calling the game launched. And so I load up this mode and I go into this new mode and you get to choose what league you want to play through. So it's essentially you're gonna your team is going to play in whatever league you choose against AI, which is what I want to do. Okay. But when I go in, I have no players, nothing. It's just an empty formation sheet. Oh, that's strange. So I spend ages one by one taking folk from the reserves in and then filling up the subs bench and then it tells me actually you're not allowed to play any of these players because every single one of them is out of time or whatever. And I'm like, how much does it cost to fucking re-sign them? I've got 220,000 of this blue circles. (laughs) So... The in-game currency. Aye. (laughs) Even the cheap players that I've got to re-sign them is like 60,000. So I'm like, so I could re-sign maybe three players. Maybe. That's no fucking good. We need it. 11 no you need a no you need need a bench as well oh you need 23 players (laughs) you have to have 23 players or it will not let you play the game wow so i'm like right okay so i was i'm just like i i I literally can't play this mode this is what you're telling me i cannot fucking play the mode unless i grind exhibition matches or online matches till i've got a team is that what we're saying here so i put it off furious uh and i posted on twitter what a fucking disgrace. So two people get back to me and they're like, oh, if you want to just play it, uh, they'll, they give you enough coins so that you can just sign loan players. And I'm like, well, it's not ideal, but I'd like to try the mode out and see what it's like. So I think we'd been watching a film or something like that. So after the film, you fell asleep on the couch, your usual. And I was like, right, yeah. round two. So I load this thing back up and I go into loan players. And I'm like, all right, you can loan players for... I think it was 900 coins or something like that. I've got 10,000 coins. So I go in and I loan as many players as I can and I'm able to loan enough to get a start in 11, but not to fill the bench. So it still won't let me play. Mm. So then I look up online and I'm like, is there a way around this? No, you can't play the mode. Away and grind. So how do you earn more coinage uh you can either play offline matches just single matches against fucking ai to earn enough coins then get more players okay or you can put your own money in to get packs to open to buy players or fuck off 
<laughs> and that's it. That's the option you've gone with. Yeah. Right. And see, like, and there's not many YouTubers that are playing, still playing eFootball 2024, but there's a few. And I sort of checked out their review of it and not one of them mentioned this. And I'm like, granted, they pl- must play it quite often or mm. whatever, but see someone like myself that gave up on this game ages ago and you're like, right, fine, you've brought out a mode that you're claiming is a single-player mode where you can play a league. I'll try it out. Mm. Nah. Mm. So then, as a last resort, I was like, right, well, they said they've updated the gameplay as well. I'll check that out. I'll do one exhibition match. So I went in. The last time I played it, it actually was a really good game of football. It was just there wasn't much to do. That's even fucking regressed. The ball was just moving in the most awkward positions all over the place, stopping dead randomly. Like when players were trying to take touches, it just looked so unnatural. It, like the last time I played it, it played really well. When I was playing it the other night, it played completely like a mobile game. Well, it is largely that, though, is the... Aye. But it didn't play like that before. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't know what's... I don't know how it's getting a positive buzz. I mean, it's not from a lot of people. Some folk are fucking calling it out. Mm. But Jesus Christ, I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. What a mess. An absolute fucking shambles. But would you expect any less? No, not really, no. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. What about you? Yeah, um, so I mentioned last week I was kind of looking for something new to play. Um, James on Discord uh, did suggest a Highland song for me. Um, this game did actually catch my attention when it was shown at, I think it was a Nintendo Direct not so long ago. It feels like it would be a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, um, so it's set in the Scottish Highlands and I suppose there's there's just not many games that are set in Scotland. So when there is one, you're like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of oh yes, yeah. Um, which I think like Horizon Four, Forza Horizon Four, um, was in Edinburgh. It's one that it, springs so to mind. It but... was a, a truncated version of the UK. Aye. You could go to London, you could go to Scotland, but one of the only places in Scotland you could go to was Edinburgh. You couldn't go Glasgow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously it was like, oh, you drive for 10 minutes and you were like from Edinburgh to Manchester. It was, so it was like a truncated version, but yeah, mm. I did have Edinburgh. I'm trying to think what else. Hogwarts Legacy, some of that was in the Scottish Islands. Uncharted? They, at one point they go to Scotland. you in a cathedral or something, aren't you? They go to like a cemetery in Uncharted 4. Uh, I, I think it's like a kind of cathedral, yeah. but I, there's, there's definitely gravestones. Yeah. But anyway, um, set in the Scottish Highlands. Um, and it incorporates kind of elements of platforming survival and rhythm games which is a weird combo but do you get to do a highland jig not quite great not quite visually it looks really nice it's got these kind of nice earthy tones i suppose as you would expect from the scottish hills um and then as you progress through the game there's like snowy mountains as well so it's really nice aesthetically um and there's different wildlife about the place there's some nice kind of sunset scenes that you see as well so yeah it, it looks really nice um you play as this young girl moira and she sets off on this journey to meet her uncle who lives at some like faraway lighthouse and in order to get there you have to sort of venture up down and across the scottish highlands um she kind of narrates as you go and then there's also like letters that you get from your uncle so there's like quite a bit of like kind of poetry and 
like references to things that's quite cool um i'm sure they mentioned like monster munch at one point or whatever and i don't know like being scottish some of the stuff they talk about you can kind of relate to or you understand more i suppose yeah from a scottish perspective um the gameplay itself is quite simple you go left or right you can go up or down uh, you jump um bumps knocks and falls or like excessive climbing without pausing for base can kind of chip away at your health bar so you've got this like stamina bar um which i'll be honest on my first playthrough misjudged a lot where i was meant to jump or slide right and fell flat on my face quite a lot okay um but it's, it's not it's, how many times you fall it's how many times you get back that up. is true but it's, it's quite comical at times because again like her little kind of remarks as she narrates or just there's sometimes like written dialogue on the screen and she's like i don't know she's like oct arse or whatever like when she falls over and stuff um so yeah that was quite amusing um but yeah the, the kind of stamina management and sort of these plan stops are quite key because you have to contend with the time of day and the climbing that you're about to do so yeah um i did find it a bit confusing at first because i don't know kind of reading the scenery like you didn't always really it wasn't obvious where you were meant to go mm. um and there's lots of branching paths and different routes to take so i did get lost on quite a few occasions and then found dead ends as well which was a bit frustrating having to like track back to where you were and then because it's unmapped like it's an unmapped journey but i suppose like on reflection like it actually kind of is a bit more real or like true to what you would do if you were exploring yeah. unknown land you know what i mean so um yeah and um, but you find different items along the way as well so there's kind of random objects like i'm trying to think like i find a wedding band a kid's purse but then there's also kind of useful items so like i think i found a welly boot but then inside that there was a map oh, where yeah. you get like little news clippings and that kind of i mean the maps are useful because you can then see the land and yeah it shows you like shortcuts or different paths that you can take and then again i think there was like i got some coal from somewhere and then i was able to light a fire and that helps mm. replenish your health when it's yeah, low that and seem stuff like, kind like of survival that. elements yeah um so my first playthrough like it took it said at the end like, like you got a little box then it said it took you 15 days to get to this lighthouse and i didn't ah. realize that like so do you notice a day night cycle yeah right and um, because that's the thing like sometimes you'll find a wee path to cross and she's like oh it's going to take me four hours to right. um get across there do you want to do that now or not and you have to go well actually no because it's like nearly night time i need somewhere to uh-huh. camp um but yeah so it, my first playthrough it took me 15 days to get to this lighthouse and i think it was like 15 out of 36 odd peaks climbed uh-huh. um and when you reach a peak obviously you get a bit of lay of the land and you can figure out where to go and then you match up your maps that you've collected to kind of points of interest or different paths where to go um and yeah so when i got to the lighthouse my first play i, I just didn't really understand that i was against the clock and i was supposed to be there in seven days so when i got to the uncle I missed the Beltane, which I was like, what the fuck's that? But apparently it's like the Gaelic Midi Festival, right. which marks the beginning of summer. But yeah, so like I didn't realise that I was trying to get there before that. But I don't, I actually don't even know if you can on your first go, because I think it is one of these ones you're kind of meant to play it Aye. more than once. Um, so yeah, on the second time I did and I saw the kind of alternative ending, which I'll not spoil, but um, so yeah, and I, I did mention there's rhythm games that are dotted throughout, so... There's a deer which seems to, I think it helps guide you a little bit. 
and when it appears there's usually like a folk music song that kicks in and then you gotta do like timed button presses okay um as you like run along the hills essentially um which i did like i'm i'm just shit at these kind of get kind of things like and also i didn't understand it at first because it said press b to sprint so i'm holding b and then you had to press x and y to do the jumps but i'm like how can i hold b at the same time and i, I, I was having to use two hands on the and i just didn't get it but then yeah. I, I realized slightly later on you don't have to hold b you just press it once and then you use the other two buttons ah, right. so yeah fucked up a little bit there but um <laughs> You're yeah, doing, you're doing the crab. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, basically, um, but yeah, I just I did question the point in those little music bits. I suppose they did break up the gameplay a little bit, and it was usually quite like uplifting music. You know, it was like a nice little jig song. Like, yeah, it was good, but I was just like, I don't know, that part probably wasn't for me. Um, but yeah, it's quite a short experience. But I think to get the benefit of it, you do need to play it more than once because you. As I say, you don't really know where you're going and there's different paths to take and you'll find new things if you play it more than once. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Gives it some replay value as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so is it something you would recommend then? Yeah. Yeah. Is it it's just on Switch and PC yeah, at, the at the moment? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. PC as well, yeah? Yeah. Switch and PC, yeah. So hopefully a con- uh, Xbox and PlayStation release as well. Mm-hmm. Get some Gs and trophies. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and also nice to see something Scottish coming out as well definitely yeah appreciated yeah Um, and also yeah if you've largely ignored Fortnite's existence for the past six years maybe maybe now is the time to start paying attention to it because lots of changes Um, it's no longer just a third person shooter and a chaotic creative sandbox thing Um, so I think we mentioned this last week but they've added in the latest season this Minecraft-inspired Lego Fortnite, an arcade racer from the creators of Rocket League and a new music rhythm game from the rock band developer. Um, so I've been playing Rocket Racing. It is good. Obviously, you did talk about it last week and you were like, how can they compare Rocket League to Mario Kart? Aye, some say- people were saying it was like Rocket League and some people were saying it's like Mario Kart and those are not similar games. Yeah, but I can get why they're saying that. Because see, like the Rocket League mechanics of like jumping and also like sticking to the side of the wall as you're going round, like that is there in this racer, right? Um, so like, and there's like the drifting mechanism as well. So you drift, and then that builds up your boost and your boost, mm. and then you can jump to different platforms and be like driving upside down kind of thing. Um, and I think once you nail that, it's it's then about kind of capitalising on the kind of secret pathways and little shortcuts that you can see to obviously get better at it and get first. Um, There's no power-ups. That's my only... Yeah, what the fuck's that about? Yeah, it is just racing and boosting and jumping about. Like, there's no power-ups, so... See, honestly, like, if you were to tell me that the Fortnite people... I know it's not made by the Fortnite people, but, like, if there was going to be a racing game within Fortnite... I would put the house on there being power-ups. Mm. That just seems like an... I mean, I suppose it will maybe get added. Yeah, it's maybe something to come, to be fair. It just... Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like such a strange omission. Mm. Obviously, I've been playing a lot of Disney Speedstorm, and when I compare the two, I much prefer Disney Speedstorm, because, probably because of the power-up factor, and also just the other little things that you can do, like nudge players out the way, 
Um, because if you give somebody like a little nudge, it like goes into slow mo. It's quite cool. Um, I so, do like a bit of slow mo. Yeah, so I do prefer Disney speeds plus the Disney speeds from music. It's awesome. Um, yeah, what's the music like in this? I can't say. I recall to be honest. I think it's just pretty basic rave music. <laughs> uh, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. great. And what? Out of curiosity, like I don't know. So they added three new game modes, mm-hmm. and what made it? What made you think that the racing one was the one you wanted to check out? Like to me, looking at the three of them, I think Lego Fortnite looks way cooler than the other two. Yeah. So as I've mentioned, not very good at rhythm games. So Pat, I wasn't. I'm not interested in that one to be honest. Right. Um, I did turn on the Lego one, but it, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm not gonna lie. It's just sort of building and stuff, is it not? Yeah, but then I tried to build a house and it didn't let me. So I don't know how, maybe I had to go and get resources. I don't know. I've not properly played it. I just gave up very quickly because I didn't know what I was doing and my child was not in the house, so I, I had no one to ask. Mm, yeah, he'd have been able to fill you in. Yeah, he's played quite a lot of it, so. Does, like, did it look really nice, the Lego Fortnite? Oh, yeah. Like, when I've seen, like, sort of, like, it in motion, it looks lovely. Yeah. If you've, I mean, if it's kind of, if you played the Lego games, then yeah. it's that, but Fortnite. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I might check that out. I do like myself a bit of Lego. I did see here as well that, like, there's been a lot of backlash on the sort of price of some of the stuff that's been coming with these new modes. So I see here that there's there's certain like things to do with rocket racing where you need it costs like four thousand V Bucks for like a car. Or like maybe you get a couple of cars, but it works out at twenty seven ninety nine for essentially skins. I didn't entertain any of that. I did like receive some sort of things i think i got like a spoiler or something like that that i could stick on but i, I didn't really dabble in that i just raced yeah i mean don't get me wrong fortnite skins in general have become pretty expensive mm-hmm. like gone on the days i think i got my banana outfit for like <laughs> seven pound or something like that but i mean what you paid seven for a banana <laughs> i mean i maybe get as part of the battle pass or i can't remember now it was that mm. long ago but um but I, I think you're talking about £15 or something like that now for like a skin or whatever. But then when but you're not paying... I bet that Eminem one's a fucking fortune. Yeah, when you're not playing for the game, then you can probably try and justify these well, if you're spending so much time in it. So, hundreds yeah, of hours, but yeah. it is a fucking... I mean, if that... There's certain cars that are costing £27.99. A fucking car. That you can... And I would imagine because it'll be like an online race, so like it's just a skin. It's not like, oh, if you buy this car, then you're fucking two times as fast. Like, it'll handle exactly the same mm-hmm. because it has to. Everyone has to be the same speed. So, yeah. that's absolutely insane. If that's how people want to spend their money, Craig, then let them. I would just say if you're buying a twenty-seven ninety-nine car for Lego fucking or Rocket Racing, make sure it's one you really like. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, and other than a little bit of Alan Wake, I think that's all I've played. Yes. Uh, we have powered a bit more Alan Wake, probably yeah. another three or four hours. Still not finished, although that is this week's task. <laughs> One of many. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get through Alan Wake because I can already tell it's going to be pretty high up in my game of the year list. 
really, really enjoying it, but I don't like putting stuff in there if I haven't finished yeah. it. Because what happens if it does fall off a cliff? It's a terrible ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we shall we shall do that. Sounds good. Um, okay, let's head over to this week's news. News, news, I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. I was believing. Gonna pick a good one to start off with, Craig. The day before debacle. Holy shit. Yeah, so this is their survival MMO that once sat at the top of Steam's most wishlist games, but after numerous delays, some weird statements and a trademark dispute with a calendar app, uh, the day before finally released last week and its Steam review average almost immediately settled at overwhelmingly negative. And now the studio has abruptly closed, citing poor financial performance. Yeah, what... Ah, fucking shambles. It's hard to almost talk about it just now because I know fine well that by this time next week, more will have come out on this. Like, there's people, there's investigative journalists within gaming that are fucking deep diving the Mm -hmm. shit out of this Mm -hmm. and they're going to uncover a lot more. Yeah, so I'll I'll just kind of give you a brief history of the game, like, as to date, as we know, as what's happened. So... We first heard about this game early 2021. We got some trailers, which looked pretty impressive. Really impressive. A few months later, Fantastic had a release date to share, which they said was June 2022, which nothing out of the ordinary at that point. You know, mm-hmm. trailers continue to look impressive and the release date, I suppose, sounded a bit right for a game that had been in development for a couple of years already, supposedly. Not as it grew closer, though. I remember us covering that on the podcast. Yeah, so... Um, then they went dark for like six months um, other than a January 2022 trailer which showed off DLSS and RTX support with like panning shots of reflective skyscrapers um, and then they, they, they basically just stopped sharing updates on the game As I mean I suppose you, at that point you could go oh well they're ramping up for like release they're, they're busy um, but then just a month before it was set to release they pulled the plug uh, the game was delayed nearly a year so that they could upgrade it to Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, I remember that because I remember I was talking and going, this game is supposed to be coming out in a month. They've yeah. said, fuck all, there's no way this is coming out. And then it was it was, it was, was definitely a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be wrong, it's not completely out of the realms of possibility that they were like, right, let's move to Unreal Engine 5. Some people do that, but it was the fact that they were very clearly were delaying it a year mm-hmm. to move it to Unreal Engine Five, and you're like, "Are you? Are you really?" Yeah. So the the new date they gave at that point was March first, twenty twenty three, um, and then just a month after the big delay, they put a call out for volunteers willing to help get the game over the finish line. Um, volunteers. I know. So yeah, at this point, like people had already started taking notice of the studio's kind of odd communication style, but this was the first time it sort of got them in trouble. Um, they seemed to kind of be a bit of a misunderstanding around their special definition of volunteer, but they did admit that some of their employees were unpaid help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by January 2023, uh, there was like just more unease about the 
the lack of updates. The game's second deadline was literally at this point, like two months away. At this point as well, it's already became the most wishlisted yeah. game, I think, ever on Steam. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Or certainly it was at one point the most wishlisted. Um, but but we'd, it had been two years since we'd actually seen any significant gameplay of it. And then they said that they'd finally, like, they, they're like, yeah, we're going to share a new video. It's going to, quote, showcase the majority of the features and gameplay elements requested by our community and will provide a clear glimpse into the current state of development. Um, and, yeah, people really started to question, like, the legitimacy of this at this point. Red flags were piling up. But then it got weird just a few days later. Yes. And uh, the day before was delayed another eight months yep. because of a trademark dispute with a calendar app called the day before. Um, the Steam page disappeared. They also postponed the gameplay video that they promised. Uh, reactions were all over the place. On one hand, like, I don't know, the, the dispute did seem a bit legitimate in that, yeah, okay, you probably can't use the same name if somebody's going to, if somebody's already trademarked it. But like, did you not? check this beforehand how does how do you get to this point when you don't own the trademark for the day before Mm -hmm. like i mean that's some they claim this game had been in development since 2018 that's a 2018 problem yeah not a 2023 problem when it was supposed to come out the year before yeah and it like i don't know it's quite a lot they said like oh we're delaying eight months like that's I, i don't know quite a long time if like they said oh you know if it was already just about to release it was already finished like why does it need to be delayed month over a name dispute it was a bit weird but then they did change their story and say um it's going to be delayed regardless of this trademark dispute and then following that delay in january their communications got like more desperate um they announced in february they would show new gameplay despite the lawsuit and then there was a 10 minute gameplay trailer that did actually come out and looked okay, uh, but there was just a lot of run around empty streets, looting cabinets and very little combat. And I think people questioned, like, is this raw gameplay? Um, yeah. And others, I remember it was when there was that video with the side-by-side of the Call of Duty trailer from 2020. Yes. And it looked, it was, like, literally scene by scene, uh-huh. the They'd same as that video. the trailer. But with a little bit of manipulation to make it look like their game. Yeah. It almost looked like they had used an AI program yeah. and said make me a trailer and they had pulled a lot from uh, yeah. the ai had automatically pulled a lot from that yeah uh, but then some good news appeared uh the studio did beat the lawsuit so <laughs> the steam page was reinstated at the start of november and then it, again it, it went to the it kind of reclaimed i suppose it's it's top wishlisted game um but then they also delayed it another month to december 7th um and now planned it for early access so Many people jumped on and played it, but the kind of instant feedback was this is not the open world survival MMO that you said it was. Yeah. Um, it was quite clear, I think, from the people I said, you know, we've not played it, but I think, you know, from what I've seen, a lot of people said, you know, it's clear that they've just bought a bunch of assets and stuck them together and called it a game. Yeah, so we got a message basically saying that it's that it's going to come out that the map itself is essentially a bought asset off of Unreal, which was $300, and it's called American City Packs Bundle. Uh, and apparently it's just that map sort of manipulated around a little bit. Uh, also, apparently there was a asset dump 
called Survival Game Kit Volume 2, which included blood mechanics, uh, the shooting mechanics, the menus, uh, the inventory, and they're all completely lifted from that. Mm. Which Again. I'm not I'm not against. Like I think that's fine to purchase assets for your game, but what's not okay is to only do that and not <laughs> Well, yeah, with within reason. But I think the the thing is, so they've claimed in their statement when they've shut down the studio, they've claimed blood, sweat and tears for five years. What it is now looking like, and obviously we're going to get more information that's going to come out, is it was a scam at first, trying to get investors' money. I I think when the game was delayed back in 2022, a month before launch, at that point they've maybe went, we're in too fucking deep here. Mm. We're going to have to put something out. And at that point, from June 2022 until now, they've bought these assets jumbled them into whatever the fuck they could to make it seem like a game and then released it and been like we need to hope for the best here yeah see how much money we can get yeah um to be honest the amount of people that have purchased it probably quite a lot but yeah so four days after it finally came out um the fantastic has essentially closed its doors as i said citing the financial failure of the day before and its miscalculated capabilities but like we said, there's still a lot of unknowns, but it's clear that this just isn't like a normal studio shutdown. They 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 haven't just like ceased operations. They've they're trying to like erase any evidence that ever existed. So you can't buy the game anymore. Every video on their YouTube page is gone, um, and I think all like their Discord channels have all been taken off as well. Um, their CEO or their the head of the studio, Twitter, he's yeah. deleted his Twitter. Um, like they've just started going just about like trying to erase. Hide. <laughs> they've just started going about trying to erase all memory of this, mm-hmm. and basically going to hiding. Mm-hmm. But they'll be found. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's so so close to abandoned, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It seems like almost. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the two knew each other, and it's almost a very similar thing. But that guy sort of escaped quicker. He was like, right, this has went too far. I'm pulling out. Whereas Fantastic went, nah, we can see this through. Mm. Like, citing a financial loss on the game, I don't believe. Four days out. I mean, you've got to give it a little bit more time than that. There is, let me check. There's like 20,000 purchases or something like that on Steam. There's way more than 20,000 purchases. There's 20,000 user reviews. Oh, that maybe that's what I was referencing. Yeah. There's, and that was the last time I checked. I bet there's more than that now. 21,325 user reviews. I would imagine that is a small portion of the people that have bought this. Mm. And I do believe that they've flipped those assets from an Unreal, basically bought pack, I don't think there's a fucking chance in hell they've lost money on this. Mm. I think it, like, it's now sort of been called into question. They're talking about, oh, we've had to shut the studio and the team, the team uh, put their blood, sweat and tears in this. Like, there's a lot of talk now that there's no team. The team doesn't exist. Yeah. It's one, maybe two people that have orchestrated this. 
Yeah. And so I don't I don't believe for a sec that's lost money. I think they've shut their doors and they're trying to run with the money. Mm, yeah, most likely. Um, and there was something about the fact that I think the opening part of it is quite lengthy because you know how with Steam you can't get a re- like you can you need to play at least two hours before you, or what's the terms? If you play for less than two hours, you can get a refund. Mm-hmm. But they've made that opening sequence quite lengthy so that that yeah. eats into your time before you actually get to the gameplay where you yeah, the transpire t- the there's fuck all to actually do. Uh, the tutorial's completely dragged out so yeah. that you would see that through and then be like, right, let's see what the world's like at least. But that takes you over your two-hour mark and then you kind of get your money back. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite kind of reviews that I saw on Steam was, um, ah, I get it now, this game was made the day before launch. <laughs> I thought yeah. Was... yeah, there was another one that was like, so this game wasn't a scam. I kind of wish it was. Hmm. Yeah, but I think that was made before it was pulled, and I think we're back to now. It clearly was a scam. Like this game was supposed to be coming to consoles. It's, I mean, it's obviously not now. Yeah, like you can't even buy it in Steam anymore. But I mean, what a what a shambles! Like I just, I mean, this is huge. Like this is there'll be documentaries made on this. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. YouTube ones certainly. Yeah. Like it remains to be seen if people were, like if there was investors behind this. Mm. They're claiming there wasn't. They're claiming they didn't take money off off investors. But they're lying about everything else. Yeah, I don't know if it. And my my thoughts are, I always like to sort of give somebody the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if it was necessarily set up as an intended scam. I think it's just somebody that's maybe got in. A bit too over their head, and like, haven't known how to get out. Uh huh. Um, but there's being dishonest, yeah, and then there's knowing you can't deliver something and still going ahead and making false promises. But I mean, suppose it is two people or one person. If you're if you, if you're up front, you're like, I'm a solo dev, or look mm-hmm. at this tiny team we have. We're trying our best. We're going to try and put this together. You don't start fucking creating social security numbers and fucking try to act like you're a, a team and that you've got studio you've got a studio and that you're you know what I mean? Yeah. And then delaying it for a year to go to Unreal Engine five and all I don't know. Like there's Yeah, there's a lot there's of There's bombing yourself up and then there's just fucking lying. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted on any more developments on that story as and when they drop in. Yeah, I mean, next week's not necessarily going to be a news-heavy episode, but I believe there will be updates to this mm-hmm. and we'll get Andy's take on it and we'll, yeah. we'll discuss it a bit. Yeah. Uh, in other news, VGC reported last month that Free Radical was at threat of being closed just two years after it was established as part of a huge company-wide cut at Embracer and its own publishers. Um, this was followed by another report in which sources told VGC that PlayOn had acknowledged in a company email that the studio could be closed on December 11th following the completion of a consultation process. That closure now appears to be confirmed after the Nottingham-based company replaced its website with the message 404 company not found and a wee sad face. Uh, multiple developers also posted on LinkedIn today claiming that all 80 remaining staff at the company have been let go. Fuck Embracer Group. Mm. Fuck's sake. They're just what? That's a, just another mess. Just another fucking mess. 
they spent about two years buying up every single developer they could. Anytime they got a sniff at anything, they're like, more, more, more. They had over a hundred developers at one point. And the whole thing was just like, it was all a, a crowd, sort of crowdsourced investors and they were just going to keep bringing all these companies in. They were going to give all this money. It was going to make loads of money. It was never going to make loads of money. They've realised that. They obviously didn't understand the cost of game development and it's all went completely tits up and there's just people losing their job all over the place mm-hmm. now. We're not going to get this Time Splitters game because they won the fucking rights but they're not going to make the game. So now we need to hope that maybe maybe they sell the rights to some of these IPs, like it's just what a mess, and what a it it just puts a cap on twenty twenty three. Like there's so many people who have lost their jobs. I know that other studios are sort of coming from the ether of it, but just grim. Yeah, there's there's even an article from VGC, and they said that it's an estimate. It's sorry, it's estimated that nine thousand games industry jobs have been lost this year. Wow, that's a lot. It's an awful lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of these people were scaling up during COVID and and similar things, but I mean, even still, like they've they've got here as of December tenth, the five companies that had laid off the most employees to date this year were Unity have re- released one thousand one hundred and sixty five. Bite Dance, I don't even know who they fucking are, have released a thousand. Embracer Group, 964. Epic, 830. And Amazon, 715. And then obviously plenty of companies outside of that that have, that have let more go, including Microsoft, Sony, mm. Team 17, Frontier Developments, Telltale. Like it's just, it's it's an epidemic almost. Like it's, more companies will probably, will, Will pop up and these hopefully these people can get some jobs, but I, mean, I don't think there's gonna be nine thousand jobs going. No, probably not. Which is really sad. Um, okay, so if you missed it, the Game Awards took place last week, which, in Killy's own words, is the annual event that takes place to quote recognise ex- outstanding creative work in games. Um, so yeah, let's have a quick discussion on the show overall, the winners, and then the announcements that we got as well. So yeah, the ceremony is meant to celebrate the best games of the year, but there's been quite a bit of backlash for a perceived lack of respect for the developers that actually make said games. Um, some of the feedback has kind of highlighted the short amount of time winning devs were given in their speeches and um, being told to wrap it up via the teleprompter after like 30 seconds with music being piped in to sort of nudge them on even more. I saw that. It's a bit shit in it. I mean, give them a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, for a lot of years, I think this de- it definitely stood in like especially stark contrast to the time that was devoted to like the celebs and the special guests and obviously the ads. Um Jeff did tweet out after saying, by the way, I do agree that the music was played too fast for award winners this year and I asked our team to relax that rule as the show went on. Well, no one was actually cut off. It's something to address going forward. Um, But just to know, like, the total time for acceptance speeches was 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, Fucking hell, that one boy was up there longer last year. Exactly. But I think that's why, like, because... So he fucked it for everybody. Because of the backlash from that last year... Like they were literally Judge. given hardly any. Christopher um, Judge ruined it for everyone. What a cunt! Yeah. And he's now he's been fucking headhunted by Call of Duty devs as well. 
<laughs> That's a nonsense at all. Yeah. And um, what what was your kind of thoughts in like I suppose the show overall and the kind of in terms of like announcements versus I'm still trying to get through it because yeah. of YouTube and it's fucking ads. <laughs> Unbelievable, man! That Monday morning, I'm like, right, okay, I'll get through this as fast as I can. Jesus. Yeah. Ad city. What was annoying as well was that sometimes you would get like two unskippable thirty second ads from YouTube, mm. and then you would come back from them. And Keely's got a fucking ad. Yeah. And you're like, oh, can he escape this? Yeah. Uh, in, ter- in terms of the show overall, it was kind of what I expected. Yeah. Like, I mean, what... You know, what, know, you know, you know what you're going to get. Like, there was nothing... There was some decent announcements. There was some, I don't know, a, a decent amount of awards. You would have liked to have heard from people a bit longer. But it was it was within the range, I think, of what you expect. Yeah, I suppose. It, I mean, it's difficult to please everyone. But I, do, I don't know. I do think a little bit, like the way the show was created this year, like like we've just spoke about, was probably like amplified a bit f- further by like the turmoil that the industry's in because I don't know, with you know, so many closures, job losses, layoffs, etc. And I don't think they kinda reflected that. Like, I don't know, I appreciate like the show itself, you know, it, it is a business, if you know what I mean. Like you need revenue from the ads to produce the show, guests will guest appearances will help reach different audiences and stuff. But like I don't know let the creators have their moment a bit more um like and i think because so many critics come together to vote on this one like not to i don't know be disrespectful to any of the other game of the year shows but this is seen as the big one um and i just think like the choice of who gets airtime was like i don't know it was just quite interesting like maybe i'm biased but i don't know like some of the awards were just like announced by Jeff Keighley. Um, yeah, he's just like, on the winner of this one is uh-huh. this. And like, I don't know, like, Best Independent Game was won by Sea of Stars and you're like, and that was just like, glossed over quite quickly. Like, why did they not get your time to accept the award? Yeah. Whereas like, Best Adaptation got your time and you're like, but that's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just think there was a little bit of imbalance. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think it'll be taken on board for next year um yeah i i I totally get that i mean see selfishly i only look forward to the trailers but that's what it's become that's part of the problem like to me an awards show it should just really just be awards it should probably be two separate shows yeah and i just probably wouldn't watch the award show (laughs) like i know that sounds harsh but i don't know i just I don't know. I, I like to see who won the awards, mm. but I just don't have time for that. <laughs> and I, th- but I think it should exist, and I think people should be given more time. Mm. I just not don't necessarily have time for it. Yeah. And it is the trailers that I look forward to. But you're right. I think that it is an imbalance, and it's I don't know. Like you, you look at award shows in other industries, and I'm sure there are some that are like that, and I'm they're far too much ads and plenty of them mm. but I mean uh, you probably don't get like a 70-30 split in terms of here's trailers yeah yeah. Um, okay in terms of the winners then obviously Baldur's Gate 3 came away with the game of the year picked up 6 awards including best performance for actor Neil Newborn um, who played Starion in the game of the year so it was, it was do you know I think it was his speech specifically that he got cut off and I was like that shit because he was quite emotional about it all and then 
Oh, is he the one he came out dressed like he was? He'd just come out the mountains for the first time in fifteen years or something. Like that. He was wearing like a fucking white nighty or something like that. Uh, he was wearing white of sorts. He yeah. was dressed like a right turnip. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alan Wake Two took home three awards for best game direction, narrative, and art direction. Other notable wins included Cyberpunk twenty twenty seven for best ongoing game some people were a bit upset about that one in terms of like the semantics of a best ongoing game what's your thoughts on that one i love cyberpunk 2077 but it's not an ongoing game like they released a dlc and yes they have been updating it but they didn't have to do that that's the thing it's it was it's up up releasing patches for a game that was broken for some people doesn't equate to ongoing game like Mm -hmm. to me an ongoing game is like an mmo or some sort of like online based game where you keep bringing out new seasons and updating it like it shouldn't even have been in the fucking section yeah yeah. um best puzzle adventure oh no sorry uh best debut independent game was cocoon which that wasn't happy about that well there was two games in there that got robbed but again semantics on that category was Dave the Diver. That's true. <laughs> Let's just call it a day and give it to Dredge. Um, do you have anything more to say on the winners? Not really. I mean, I just, I don't think there was much su- surprise, no. to be honest. Like, even see, see the Cyberpunk one. Like, I thought that was what was going to win. I don't think it should have been even in the category, but I thought it was going to win. Yeah. And I, I, I genuinely think that it might have just been there because they wanted it to win something. Yeah, maybe Idris Elba was not there. So see, see when they, for the the best performance award, so they like, there were the... There and they showed six, all the people and it was just categories. a picture of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, but you know, I you wonder... You he was the winner. Yeah, <laughs> I wondered if he had won it, he would have been there. Do you know what I mean? I think when you're, a nomina- when you're nominated, you don't win. Like, yeah. Yeah. Idris Elba's not turning up to to clap (laughs) for fucking Gandhi coming out the mountains. Um, Absolutely no fucking way. I mean, I I just, there wasn't much, to me, there wasn't much of a surprise. Like, I think I might even have said in the podcast that I'll fucking, I would put the house, I would put the full mortgage on Baldur's Gate 3 winning game of the year. It was a fucking certainty. It should also win indie game of the year because technically it's an indie game. Oh yes, right. Let's move on from that though. Announcements, which, like you say, is the highlight for most uh, when it comes to the game awards. So I'll not run through everything because there was obviously loads, but some of the highlights, I suppose. So Monster Hunter Worlds will kick off the sixth generation of Monster Hunter when it launches on PC, PlayStation Five, and Xbox Series in 2025. Reveal trailer showed off sort of flying mounts, desert area, and of course huge monsters. It looked. Monster Hunter, it's it's not my sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I I know it's going to be a big game and it's obviously a big announcement, but nah, yeah, nah. Finally, got the reveal of the long-awaited Kojima Xbox project, and the man himself took to the stage at the Game Awards to talk about it. Jordan Peele was also revealed as a collaborator on the project. They got six minutes, so they did the two of them. So almost as much as every single award. <laughs> But he is Kojima's pal, so yeah. he'd get as long yeah, as he yeah. wanted. And he takes twice as long as it has to get fucking translated as well. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There was a lot of people been like, oh my God, this looks really good. This looks really good. And I'm like, like, see Kojima, he's a fucking 
star, right? It probably is going to be really quirky and really cool, but you can't get that from what they showed. No. What they, was it two or three actors? Two actors they showed just fucking talking, talking into the camera shit. for like yeah. two minutes. We don't know have a fucking clue what the game's about. But it but, is but, a game. That was confirmed. It is a game because there was... Well, I fucking hope so at the Game Awards. <laughs> But it's, there was like talk of, oh, it's not actually a game. It's going to be, I don't know. But they're just, I, I don't know. There was so many people on Twitter after that. Like, oh my God, this looks really good. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's just, <laughs> you need to show some first. Like, I'm, don't worry, benefit of the doubt. Kojima, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it will be innovative and I think it will be cool. Uh, it's a big get for Xbox to have Kojima making a game for them. Grand. But no. No. Show us more. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation showed us free DLC expansion for God of War Ragnarok uh, titled Valhalla it's out now actually um, and it takes elements of the roguelite genre and infuses it with God of War combat um, yeah yeah it was lesser of an expansion I think than people were anticipating perhaps yeah I have heard bits that there, there might be a more substantial DLC mm. coming I'm not hundred percent sure that I've yeah there is talk that this might just be like a smaller sort of little bite-sized bit until the the bigger piece comes obviously I mean uh, everybody in the gaming industry hung their hat on uh, PlayStation had uh, another showcase coming uh, later in the year so we've got about 16 days uh, for that to happen so maybe we'll get a big reveal at that Christmas miracle aye aye of course um so maybe we'll get that then. But, uh, I mean, this looks cool. Like, if, if you're a big God of War fan, like, it, it looks like it's going to be quite combat-focused. Um, a little bit of story sort of splashed in. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to play it myself, but it, it does look cool. Mm. Arcane... Free as well. Did we yeah. say that? Free? Yeah, free. free. Um, Arcane Studios, the developer behind Sonard and Deathloop, is partnering with Marvel to develop a brand new Blade game. It's going to be a mature single-player third-person game set in the heart of Paris. Um, development has just started, so it could be a while until we see it again. In terms of, do I want to play this? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I really like the Blade films. Technically, yeah, so the- technically as superhero, but I've never really considered Blade superhero. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't know really anything about the comic book character obviously nah. we've watched the wesley snipes movies yeah and, and i really enjoy them yeah they're good and if that's the character that seems pretty cool as a game so yeah i, th- I think i think it could be really good and i really like arcane so i on one hand you're like oh that's really that's a really exciting reveal but on another hand when xbox tell you we've just started development on something then you're like will i live long enough to see this because um, they told us they'll just start development on Indiana Jones about 23 years ago and we've still not seen a fucking stitch of gameplay and they take a long time with their games yeah. so I mean this thing what are we, we're just about to come into 2024 you're talking conservatively 2028 before this thing fucking comes out probably 2029 because most AAA games are like five-year development cycles, and if they say they're just ramping up just now, you're probably 2029. Yeah, perhaps. Interestingly, the trailer did an accompanying press release actually didn't come with any sort of platform confirmation. Now, obviously, Arcane Leon is part of the Xbox 
Game Studios portfolio owned by Microsoft Gaming, so you would assume that it'd be coming to both PC and Xbox Series X. Like, I, I don't know, I just find it weird they didn't say it's an exclusive to Xbox. Yeah, I think it will be an exclusive. I know that there's been a lot back and forth. Will it be? Won't it be? I, th- I think it will be. I, I don't think they've said because they think they'll get backlash on it. But and it is so it, far away, like you say. It's okay for things to be exclusive. Like, PlayStation's got exclusives. Mm. It's okay for Xbox to have exclusives. I think... I, I get the feeling that they're maybe not wanting to say because they're expecting a backlash. But honestly, I think they'll get more of a backlash from this fucking pish when you're like... like they, Apparently, like, I, like IGN and a couple other websites actually asked both Bethesda and xbox for comment and they declined to comment mm. you're like you fucking know if yeah. it's exclusive or not yeah. just tell us what's quipping fannies about it like just let us know are the deals maybe not being done in that capacity i don't know i don't know i mean it's not out of the realms that it could come to everything mm. like marvel could maybe strong arm it and go hey there's quite a lot of playstation gamers over there mm. and we're not overly okay with that and maybe Xbox would then be like, right, okay, we'll bring it to it so we can get the deal. But I do think it'll be exclusive. Mm. It, it looks really cool. Also, there was, I think it was Aaron Greenberg, but someone posted, it was a picture of Blade from the trailer and he, on his sunglasses, it was reflecting Xbox, the Xbox logo with a thumbs up. Mm. And then he removed it after about 20 minutes. And a lot of people are taking that as like a sort of sign that it is. Which potentially, but also why is someone in his high up position playing stupid games on Twitter by changing his fucking profile picture? <laughs> this guy's a father, man. Be an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sega, they dropped a huge announcement in the Game Awards, revealing five new games in development. So Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Crazy Taxi, and more, it said. Um, no dates or other information was given, but. Yeah, if you're a long-time Sega fan, pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, it makes me seem that they're like, these, these are really old games, and how do they modernise them? Do they modernise them well? Aye, I, I don't know. I need to wait and see more. I, I mean, crazy, another Crazy Taxi sounds cool. Um, but then, was it two years ago? Remember we played that Crazy Taxi clone yeah, on Xbox? Yeah. And it was fun. But after about two hours, you were like, "Yeah, I'm done." Is, is, is this it? Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is kind of it because that's all you can fucking do. So it sounds cool, but will we play it for a long time? I don't know. We we'll need to find a way to modernize it. Yeah. Um, the finals embarks competitive shooter Shadow Drop, so you can play that on PC now. Hello Games developer No Man's Sky and The Last Campfire has revealed its next game. It's called Light No Fire. Looks like quite a ambitious open world online multiplayer game. Um, the gameplay showed building, dragon riding, and sort of co-op elements. Um, Square Enix revealed two waves of DLC for Final Fantasy 16, so Echoes of the Fallen and The Rising Tide. Uh, Echoes of the Fallen is out now with new story chapters that take place just before the final battle, I believe, and The Rising Tide is coming in spring 24. Rise of the Ronin is officially coming to PlayStation 5 on March 22nd of 20, looks cool. 2024. Um, so this is Team Ninja's upcoming open world samurai game um, that got a pretty lengthy trailer in addition to the new date. So Yeah, I like I like the look at this. I think this this looks like it's got a lot of potential. It's one of these ones where you're like, 
is it a Soulsborne? Is it going to be brick fucking hard? I mean, obviously, I'm the fucking king of Isaac. I mean, P, you're so good. So, so I would just melt right, right through it anyway. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Skull and Bones. <laughs> Skull and Bones has another release date, February 16th, 2024. Aye. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. It should, anytime this game's shown now, it should just have the Benny Hill music in the background. What a fucking hell. It's going to get delayed. I mean, I, I almost think that they can't. No, See, if I was them, surely. I would just be like, I don't care if this thing does not boot up. I don't care if this is more of a scam than the day before. <laughs> get it fucking out. You've got to cut bait at some point, and yep. it should have been about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, don't nod the creator of Life is Strange and developer of Jason Twin Mirror and Tell Me Why revealed the first look at its next universe Lost Records Bloom and Rage um, it'll be coming next year to PC, Xbox and PS5 with a story that focuses on friends who reunite after two decades looks alright mm. No Rest for the Wicked is the next game from the developers of Ori and the Blind Forest um, and this looked quite cool, darker yeah. tone than mm-hmm. the Ori games. I, I thought yeah, it looked quite interesting. Yeah, it showed like, like a nice world. Apparently there was like creatures to fight, treasure to find. Um, so yeah, it's coming to PC via early access in Q1 of 2024, it says, with a full release coming later in the year. Yeah, they also said that you could tune in March 1st for more. So I don't know if they've got some sort of like, I don't know, event planned then or... Um. A team of ex-Bioware developers have revealed their new sci-fi RPG. It's called Exodus and it's in development at Archetype Entertainment. The trailer revealed that players will take the role of the traveller exploring the universe while avoiding enemies known as Celestials. This looks quite good. you got heavy Mass Effect vibes off of this. Looked really nice. It was introduced by Matthew McConaughey. He came out on the he stage. Was there, yeah, yep. that he, was a highlight. He, he got a few minutes uh, <laughs> to tell you that he's in the game. Seemed quite excited about it. He, I, see, to be fair to him, he seemed a little bit knowledgeable about it. Mm. Like many a time, has one of these fucking guys turned up and been like, "I'm in the game. Uh, I, I play games sometimes. Do, do you guys play the Game Boy?" But he actually seemed pretty knowledgeable. I don't think. I think he just came prepared. I don't, I don't think he necessarily was as knowledgeable as he made out, but he, he came across well uh, and he seemed excited to be there. And you got to appreciate that because I, it would only be a couple of years ago that someone at his stature would have been like, not a fucking chance. Mm-hmm. Am I turning up for that? Um, there's another game from House House, which are the guys who did Untitled Goose Game. So, yeah, this this I didn't think this looked great. Mm. But then an Untitled Goose Game didn't look great and everyone loved it. Yeah, so 2025 for that, whatever it is. Um, Kimuri, which is a sort of bright, colourful action game from Ikumi Nakamura, who was at Tangle Gameworks. Um, mm-hmm. So this is her first independent project since that. Uh, Behaviour Interactive and Supermassive Games have revealed the casting of Frank Stone, which is a new story-based game set in the Dead by Daylight universe. I thought this looked really good, but I'm a big fan of these type of games. Yeah. Uh, 
ever, ever since. I mean, even the stuff that Supermassive have done that's been sort of like people have said is middling, like some of the Dark Picture stuff. And what was the most recent one? That got kind of mixed reviews, but me and you really enjoyed it. The Quarry. The Quarry, that's it. Yeah, that got kind of mixed reviews. And I don't know, there was some rough edges around it. Like some of the character models looked cracking. And then there was a couple of the girls that looked like waxworks. Uh, but I, I still quite enjoyed it, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a look at New Jurassic Park game. This is the fucking main event, yeah. by the way. How good did this look? Yeah, so I so, mean, too good. It's clearly a rendered trailer. Yeah, like it's not going to look as good as this. That is the concern. So Saber Interactive are making this one. It's titled Jurassic Park Survival, and it's a like. A revival of a cancelled action game from the early 2000s. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a female character that basically gets left behind on Isla Nublar uh, after set, the events of the first film. Set directly after the first yeah. film, basically. I mean, yeah, the trailer we saw was clearly pre-rendered. It's not going to look like that. We get that. But I think there was a lot of cause for excitement just because i think it's always important to see whether like does the development team get it like you can be told you're making a jurassic park game you're like right okay and if you're not really into it you might not put the love and care behind it Mm -hmm. but i don't know even just from this trailer they like almost reenacted the kitchen scene yeah and when the character escaped out the room you saw the or well the door to the freezer nudged open where the the kids had managed to lock the raptor in there so it was little nods like that that really give me hope mm. and make, i'm like no no they understand there's there's going to be lots of nods to the first film and fuck me will that not bring the nostalgia yeah, in definitely um this this is near the top of my most wanted games the likes of this gta and that 007 game from the Hitman devs. Like, those are probably the three right now that if I was like, if you could magic three games into finished existence, those are the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not Square Enix's uh, future of the Mana series with Visions of Mana. Absolutely not. No. In the bin. In the bin. <laughs> uh, we got another lengthy look at Hellblade 2 as well, but no release date beyond its previously previously confirmed window of sometime in 2024. Um, well, it looked good. Yeah, the gameplay trailer showed off, like, decent. Yeah, mm. again, you've got people going to show us gameplay, but if you're saying show us gameplay, you've not played Hellblade 1, because that is how it plays. <laughs> That's how it plays. It's very cinematic. Like, I believe that was gameplay, but I was, I was a bit disappointed when it just said 2024 again. Like, Xbox did that event at the beginning of 2023 and sort of laid out the year. Yeah, Hopefully, right. we get something like that again mm-hmm. in January and we get a date then because you can't keep showing this fucking game and not giving us a date. It's it's out of control now. Mm-hmm. It's taking so fucking long. Um. Joseph Fares is the creative lead on co-op games like It Takes Two and A Way Out and mm-hmm. now his first big game is getting a remake. So Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons uh, remake is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, XNS and PC on February um, 28th next year. I've never played that one, nah. but I've played his other, other games. Yeah. So I think we should play through this. Definitely. Sounds quite cool. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's got quite a good kind of relationship with Keely in the Game Awards. Like, it takes two one game of the year that year, That's I'm sure. Right, yeah. uh, which was a massive deal. I mean, it was a bit of a down year, but take nothing away. I mean, incredible game and picking up Game of the Year with studio that size is pretty impressive. So uh, it was cool that you got to announce that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was largely your lot. Yeah, I mean, a newsworthy show, I thought. From I mean... I was going to say it flowed well, but it fucking certainly didn't for me. <laughs> Fuck you, YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's the ra- a wrap on the Game Awards for another year. Um, but we will be hosting our very own Game Awards episode. So the big one's coming. Stay tuned for that. Oh, the big one's coming. Make sure you're and following we, us. We will also have a means for people to vote themselves as yeah. well. Um, putting the final touches on that just now. Uh, you'll be able to be a part of it. Your vote counts few other bits of news uh, Tekken 8 is getting a demo on PlayStation 5 this Thursday the demo is going to include limited access to story mode, arcade quest offline versus and gallery and it will be on Xbox and PC a week later so if you want to fight, there you go I'll definitely check this out, I do enjoy the Tekken games but not enough to play them for any more than kind of 2 or 3 hours or to pay money for them and so but they do intrigue me, and so I'm more than happy to jump into a demo and, and play about. Like, I, I think I'm the type of person that will be able to get his fill from the demo. But I'm sure it'll be great. Um, and last bit of news this week, uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, better known as E3, is officially dead. Um, A statement on the official website simply reads, after more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last, the time has come to say goodbye. Thanks for the memories. In a report by the Washington Post, the Entertainment Software Association, which organised E3 each year, has confirmed the exhibition won't be coming back. President and CEO of the ESA, Stanley Perlouise, shared the news that the show is coming to a close after more than two decades of hosting an event that has served as a central showcase for the US and global video game industry. E3 began in 1995 and has been a mainstay in the game industry's calendar. It started purely as an event for publishers and developers to market their games to retail buyers and the press but was eventually made more public facing and invited fans to the show floor too with increasingly larger and more expensive press conferences from the likes of Sony, Microsoft and Ubisoft. It slowly became too big to properly please industry pundits and fans. Um, Obviously after the COVID-19 pandemic hit in 2020, E3 has failed to make a meaningful return to form. In the last few years, new competitors have emerged and major publishers handle their own presentations themselves. Um, I think, yeah, the writing had been on the wall for a while, but it's officially done. Yeah, a little fucking grim end to 2023, yeah. E3, buried. 9,000 jobs, gone. The day before, a scam. <laughs> Jeff Keighley's smug face all over the telly. Fucking hell. Not even a fucking window for the Jurassic Park game. Hey, we're not all as depressed as you, Craig. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's hard to stay positive in this world. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. When they're continually battering you with shit like that. I'm going to miss E3. I really... I know a lot of people were kind of quite keen for it to go and didn't want it to come back, but I don't know, it just... We spoke about this a few times over the last couple of years. Like, yeah, we do... 
in the absence of E3, yeah, we've got Summer Game Fest, but then it's fucking Keeley's face again. Who He's doing a good job, but he's smug as fuck about it. And outside of that, you've got Sony, Microsoft, all these developers just, or publishers, sorry, like putting out smaller events. And I just feel it's less exciting. Like, you get more of them, so I suppose there's more opportunities to get hyped up but then i feel like nine times out of ten folk are just disappointed yeah and i'm not saying that e3 wasn't ever disappointing but it was that quote-unquote gaming christmas mm. and everyone was like oh those couple of days and there's just it's just conferences and the everyone showed off their best stuff at that point each year whereas now you'll have like i feel almost like it's not harmed. I don't think it's harmed Sony at all, but I feel like like Sony used to really put on really good press conferences there, and I feel like now they've moved to this state of play model, and I don't think it's anywhere near as good. Like, it's not hurt them financially, it's not hurt them in terms of players, it's not hurt them in, in anything other than, I think, maybe, like, hype. Like, I, I don't know, I just... I thought... Like I probably I lean more towards PlayStation than Xbox. I really enjoy both, but I'm more invested in trophies. And the Sony first party games have been historically over the last ten years much better than Xbox games. So, I, when it came to E3, the PlayStation conference was the one I look forward to most. But I, I think it was also like the number one conference. It was the one that folk were like, right, what is going to be shown here? Like it was always like, oh, Xbox need to come out swinging, but what are PlayStation, what have they got up their sleeves? Mm. And now, every two months, it's like, oh, there's a state of play coming. And they either don't say anything and everyone gets fucking hyped up to 12 or they literally have to put in the announcement, hey, we're only showing indie games, please don't get excited. <laughs> like, which they half the time, they yeah. actually do that. They yeah. literally have to say, please don't get excited, we're not going to show anything exciting. Uh, don't send us any hate mail. Like... And I just, I don't think it's as good. I, I think I think overall it's a negative. There's too many shows and they're not as exciting as they were. And I think it's a shame that E3's gone. Do you think anything will come and sort of take its place? Like, I know... Well, Summer Game Fest well, basically is yeah, E3. Yeah, like I was saying, like, I mean, they, they did say, you know, there are other competitors, but do you think anyone will try to... I just don't think Summer Game Fest... I, I enjoyed it. Like, I think yeah. the last two years, I think I've been higher on it than most people. Uh, like at the end of it I've seen lots of people and that was utter shit and I'm like I've got fucking 15 games here that I'm looking yeah. forward to now but I just don't think it has the gravitas of an E3 and I think as well but then that's something that's been built up since what 1995 so me, you know yeah. Summer Game Fest hasn't been around for quite as long and so do you know what I mean maybe yeah. it just needs I a bit I think the fact time, maybe that like... it's third party as well mm. like with an E3 you had probably a 90-minute PlayStation, a 90-minute Xbox, and then like Ubisoft or whatever would do one as well, a couple others, Nintendo. But now it's like, uh, if you're a PlayStation fan, you might see a PlayStation-exclusive Summer Game Fest. You might see two. You might see none. Mm. You just don't know. But I think he, Keely's best place. Like, he's, he's definitely... I mean, he is doing a fucking victory lap tonight, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this news just came out today as we were recording. Make no mistake about it. He is in his pants in a hot tub with about six women right now going, 
Remember that time I killed E3? Guaranteed. I bet he's posted some smug fucking response. Like, just like a, the wee fucking coffin emoji or something. He might rebrand Summer Games Fest as like SG3 or something like that. I'd put nothing past him. <laughs> nothing past him. He'll have special edition trainers out for it and all sorts. Um... Okay, yeah, that's the wrap on this week's news. Um, we did watch a Christmas movie this week um, for our movie segment of the podcast. That Christmas movie was Office Christmas Party, released in 2016. Um, have you had your Office Christmas Party yet, though? No, I've got a Christmas lunch on Thursday that... I'm supposed to be having drinks at, but then I'm playing football after it. That's probably not going to work. So, I think I'm going to have to play football half cut, or, I don't know, TBD. Okay, let's do next week. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll have to come pick you up. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. From Um, the hospital. Um, so for Office Christmas Party, the synopsis uh, reads when his uptight CEO sister threatens to shut down his branch, the branch manager throws an epic Christmas party in order to land a big client and save the day. But the party gets a little bit of a hand. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm really glad we're covering this film just for the fact of there's loads of people that haven't seen it. It's not that well-known a film. And I think part of it is because you see, like, and when I when I knew Andy hadn't seen it as well, I was like, we're definitely covering this because I knew he would like it. Oh, he's obviously not here this week. We'll get his thoughts next week. Mm. But he messaged me and said that was fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, I, I, I wonder why it's not as well known because when you look at the cast, like Jennifer Aniston, um, T.J. Miller, Jason Bateman, like, there's, I think there's a. I think there's a stigma around probably Jennifer Aniston the most. I think you see, oh, it's like a comedy. It's not a romance comedy, but it's like a, a I suppose just a comedy. And you see that she's in it and you're like, oh, it's just going to be popcorn shite. And I think a lot of people just look at it and go, meh. Yeah. And don't watch it. think it'll be too lowbrow and just a lot of shite. This is a genuinely funny film. Yeah, cause, and she plays like the modern day Scrooge essentially she's, so she's the CEO and like a total bitch basically and she plays it brilliantly she does yeah I'm I'm not a massive fan of Jennifer Aniston as an actor like I, I think she's quite limited like obviously Friends I think is a fantastic show like she's great in that but there's loads of other films she's in where you're just like I mean she's nice to look at but <laughs> I mean she's no standing out as an actor but she's fucking excellent in this. She's really good. Mm-hmm. She plays a such a convincing bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just I like the way that they take sort of current day corporate culture. Um, you know, and that kind of like screwing over the staff with like downsizing the lower pay, like yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, and just make it. I don't know. They poke fun at it, and I don't know. I think they should do it really well. Um, and like. I think my 
sort of favourite parts of the movie as well as all the HR stuff um, just because oh, brilliant. the, the, the again, HR women's fantastic yeah the way they do a lot of that and it's just I don't know it's just like highlighting this kind of like pushback against like political correctness and everything like throwing a non-denominational quality mixer and stuff like that like uh-huh. that's just so funny um, yeah. with a one drink maximum and then obviously as the movie transcends like they just I don't know it just transcends into this chaotic party which is great yeah yeah it, i think that you're right that is one of the the sort of best things is that they really do poke fun at the sort of pc movement like they they, they lean in they act as if they're leaning into it but they take the complete piss out of it and then they just completely like abandon it yeah and yeah it's, it's really well done really really well done um what's your favorite scene Probably the dance scene with the HR lady. Um, and the bald guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. He's good He's good enough and he's in though. Yeah, because they start, like, when you say H, you know, when I say H, you say R, H, R, like that bit. I just thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole dance scene's really good. That's the question, but I don't necessarily have an answer. There's, 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 a, there's just a lot of really great bits. Like, I really like when TJ Miller, I'm, I quite like him anyway. I think mm. he's funny. He's got good timing. He's he's dry, but he's also, he's just got really good timing and delivery. And it's he, quite childish humor. Uh-huh. Which he, he plays we, yeah. a bit of an idiot, but he toes the line well. Uh-huh. I feel like it's not like, you say childish, but I think it's, it doesn't quite go into childish, do you know what I mean? Like, he, he plays stupid, but not... I don't know, I think he just toes the line really well with mm. it. Uh, I really like when he... See, when when he first comes down, he's like... Uh, he's coming down the sleigh and the stairs, and it's clearly a fucking L-shaped stairs. But he's like, he's like, I'm coming round, I'm coming round, and he's acting as if he's going to make a fucking 45-degree turn. <laughs> he just goes flying off and right through it. Then he gets up and he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Then he turns around, that really hurt. Yeah. There's lots of there's just lots of really good stuff like that, like um, and just the whole stuff about how like throughout his whole life he's been really lucky, and like at one point he gets hurt and he gets taken to the hospital, and Jennifer Anson, who's his sister, comes out and she's like, oh, he's unbelievable. Apparently the crash uh, not only didn't hurt him but it's fixed one of his previous fractures. It's <laughs> <laughs> just just stuff like that, and like. I think I said to you last night when we were watching and we've seen this film, I can't even remember how many times. Every year since it's come out, 2016. Every year since <laughs> it's come out, but I mean, I, I don't think, I don't even know if there'll be a year when I only watched it once. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's up there with The Night Before for me, mm-hmm. which is another fantastic film. Covered that last year. Uh, but I think it would have been so easy for the film just to be the party and then the sort of mending of the bridges between the brother and sister and then it ends but i feel like it had that really good overarching story where they managed to turn the company around Mm. like i mean i I guess it's not possible but the technology that they were trying to develop sounded cool as fuck (laughs) and you're like imagine i got that to work that'd be fucking incredible uh and so I, I don't know. I just I feel like everything came together in it really well, 
And like you say, great cast, mm-hmm. great. I mean, it's just, I just I think it's a gem of a film. I really do. It's it's the type of thing where aye, it's never going to win awards or anything like that. Like, but like for see for people that maybe don't like Christmas that much, like it's a good adult Christmas film. Yeah, like the night before is like that where it's like about drugs and about like guys going out and having like one last hurrah. And this is, I don't know. It's stuff you can relate to. Yeah. Like, and I think, again, like if you've worked in an office or that kind of corporate environment, like again, yeah. you'll relate to a lot of the jokes. Like, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I just, I, I honestly, I think it's a gem of film and I think more people need to see it. Like, when I, most people, when I talk to them, they're like, oh, I don't even know that film existed. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, there's not a single person that's then watched it and come back to me and went, I was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't really much trivia when I looked up, um, like, on this movie. So, Clay and Carol um, are brother and sister, and there's, like, twice where you see, like, so their dads passed away and basically gave the company to them, although Jennifer Aniston, Carol, plays CEO, and he's the sort of lesser. But um, in the background of shots, you see, like, a photograph of the dad. But apparently, like, I I didn't notice it, and I'd wish I'd seen this before to look out for it, but um, apparently the dad is actually Jason Jason Bateman with, like, a wig on. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I wonder why they did that. They could have got anyone in the world. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, a lot of the trivia was, like, oh, Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman have been in these films together. Like, it was a lot of, like, this They have been in a few films together. Yeah, they have, to be fair. But, like, I'm like, it's not really trivia about the movie. Um, But one of the things I think, again, which I think make the movie better, is a lot of the script was, like, ad-libbed, like, Mm. a lot of the jokes. You can tell. Yeah, and it... And I suppose if you watch it to the end, you'll see the bloopers and some of the other things that they had said, and then yeah. obviously they've just picked the best bits or what worked, um, or what was the funniest kind of thing. So, I think you can definitely tell that the cast had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with it, and I think there's there's films like that when you you like you say it's it's not necessarily they've got a rough script and it's like right just take the piss out of each other or just just have a laugh mm. and they've obviously recorded like three times more than what they needed and went let's just take the best of it but it, it definitely comes through in the end at the bloopers mm. but you can also tell just throughout the film that they're, they're having fun mm. like the the main i say the main girl i suppose jennifer aniston's one of the main girls but is it olivia munn mm. her name is i was saying yesterday i said i don't think i've seen her in that many things like you hear her name i feel like her name is quite recognizable but she's just not really in the type of films that i watch obviously or the type of tv shows that i watch because mm. i don't think i've seen her in much but i mean she just slotted in great like she was she was really good in that role and yeah, I thought the casting throughout was excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've not yet watched it, then please do. Oh, yeah. How many buys? I mean, in terms of a Christmas film, it's five pies for it's me. It's five pies. For five mince pies. Yes. Like, is it the greatest film ever? No. But there's probably five to ten really good all-ages Christmas films, and this is definitely one of them. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll need to wait till next week to see if it's getting the full fifteen. Oh, we will indeed. Yeah, the mince pie triangle. The mince pie triangle. But for now, ten. Yes, um, and yeah, that's pretty much us for this week. Um, just to give you a rundown over the next few weeks, we will put this out in our so- socials so you're up to speed. But um, on Saturday, you can catch the latest Pure Dead 
PlayStation episode. Um, we'll have an episode next Thursday, which will be our Pure Dead Gaming Awards show. So make sure you follow on our socials for links um, for some of the categories to vote on. Um, the week after, we'll be doing our Game of the Year episode. Um, won't just be us. We'll have others joining hopefully um special and, needs guests yep and then we will have another period xbox episode dropping in between christmas and new year and then on the 4th of january we'll have our 2024 predictions wow that's come around fast yeah which i need to probably get a look at to be fair because <laughs> What's i feel like coming out? <laughs> well that's the thing i feel like so much came out this year and i feel like next year's a little bit unknown mm. Yep. A lot of stuff that we're seeing is like coming 2025 yeah. and other stuff that's saying 2024, you're like, mm. so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it could be more of a down year next year. Hopefully we can catch up with all the stuff we've missed. <laughs> but yeah, that is us for now. We shall chat to you again very soon. TTFN. Bye.